0: Kevin Cullen of the Boston Globe, good afternoon to you.
1: How are you, Jonathan?
0: I'm very well. Let's talk about Ashley McCarthy-Brady. She's 34 Mm. years old. She's from Cavan. She is charged in connection with the death of a child in her care. Her case is due back before a court in Boston today. What are we expecting to happen?
1: Well, it's kind of pro forma at this point, but um, clearly the prosecution isn't where it was hoping to be at this point, Jonathan. I think they thought they'd be ready to upgrade the charges, but... What we're finding is that science on 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 these injuries, to particularly children this young, is a little more complicated, and it's requiring all sorts of testing. Now, as you recall, when um, this story first broke, uh, Ashling's reputation <laughs> took quite a beating, and she was, if she, whatever her p- position in court, she was clearly found wanting in the court of public opinion. Uh, since then it's sort of, like I said, it's now becoming really just a court case. And her defense attorney is very aggressively going after all the information that the the prosecution has at this point as a legal process called discovery. And, and, And frankly, you know, the prosecution isn't ready to charge Ashley with anything beyond the assault and battery on the child, which is what the charge that she's been held on. And unfortunately for her, if this if if not for her undocumented legal status here she would be out on bail but because she overstayed her visa. Uh, she's being detained on bail and probably will not get out until the trial.
0: Okay, so there's there's no likelihood of bail in in that case. The the autopsy on this young girl. Her name was Rima Sabir. She was only one year old. I think she died. Uh, I think it was, was it on her first birthday um, exactly. when she actually injuries died.
1: Were, yeah, the injuries were inflicted on her first birthday. What the what the authorities said the fatal injuries were. and She died two days later.
0: So the autopsy findings aren't fully through yet. is there no. any indication as to when they will actually come through, and this case might proceed no. if if she's going to be held in custody
1: well thats that's quite a question, and I'm sure the, the if, if in fact you know the, the, the charges are not upgraded, then I think you will see Asling's lawyer go back in there and just say, you know you can't this, this pretrial detention is unfair. she's charged with right, right now a crime that is you know should not require her to, to be." Without, held without bail.
0: You talked about how, in the court of public opinion, um, Ashling McCarthy-Brady's name had been dragged through the mud. And we, we, we've speculated that she can't possibly get a fair trial in Boston because of that.
1: Yeah, it, particularly because when the case comes back, you know, right before the trial, there'll be, there'll be a flurry of more uh, publicity. You, obviously, we do not have subjudice here. Uh, which you folks have in Ireland, um, and so it will it will get worse before it gets better, Jonathan. So, I would not be surprised if either the case is sent uh, way out of town, or as they did in the recent murder case here in Boston, they bust a they bus a jury in from a couple hours out of here. So, I okay. I, I would not be surprised.
0: I was looking yesterday, there was figures out yesterday talking about the Sunday newspapers in Ireland, many of them taking a significant knock, and there's been a a drop in the number of people buying newspapers here, and traditionally we have been a country that has been very strong uh, in newspaper readership. On your side of the pond, it's an even worse scenario. Sales figures uh, over there, uh, we know that many newspapers have closed. What's happening with Mm -hmm. the Boston Globe, your newspaper?
1: Well, for the last 20 years, we've been owned by (laughs) the New York Times company, which is good on one level because you know that that is the gold standard of journalism, and uh, and frankly, the cuts that they have insisted on the Boston Globe over the last twenty years are minimal compared to what's happened to uh, the, the other great regional papers in America, like in Chicago and Philadelphia and Los Angeles. But the other day, um, the New York Times announced that they're going to sell us, and that could be a good good news bad news scenario because. In some respects, we always bristled. That, uh, this would be like a Kerry newspaper being owned by somebody from Cork. <laughs> it just, nice. we bristled at the idea of being owned by New Yorkers, uh, even though it was, like I said, the New York Times. If you're going to be owned by anybody, it's good to be owned by them. But I think there's an opportunity for local investors here in, in, in the Boston area to put together a bid and own us. And that, I think that would help in, in the long run. But the reality, here's the irony, Jonathan. The Boston Globe has never had more readers. The problem is the majority of them now are online, and they're not paying for the content. And so we're trying to figure out how to monetize the web, and that has not worked, and nobody has. Um, you know, we put the, the, the paper up for a paywall, and there's been about 28,000 people who have been willing to pay just for the digital version. It's not bad, but it's not good. Um so everything is in flux. Uh, I, I wrote a column about this today, you know, he, it almost tongue in cheek suggesting maybe Mr. Murdoch will throw his uh, hat in the ring and try to buy the Boston Globe. And I ended it by saying, you know, that would horrify a lot of people, particularly because the Globe is seen as so progressive. Um, but uh, I asked my, my buddy Jimmy Breslin what he thought of the prospect of Murdoch owning his newspaper a few years ago in New York. And, um, Jimmy said, does he pay? If he pays, he's a good boss. If he doesn't pay, he's not a
0: good boss. <laughs> uh, yeah, take that away from it. Well, if, if somebody doesn't pay, there's no newspaper. That's the other side of it. Exactly. Vice, Vice President Joe Biden, I want to talk about him. He's been advi- giving people strange advice this week. He was at a Facebook town hall event uh, with Parents Magazine. That sounds lovely and cuddly, and, and you wouldn't expect anything bad to come out of that. But fair play to Joe Biden. He managed to cause upset. He was asked a question by a woman named Kate, do you believe that banning certain weapons in high-capacity magazines will mean that law-abiding citizens will then become more of a target to criminals as we will have no way to sufficiently protect ourselves? A little bit of a loaded question, pardon the pun. Here's how Joe Biden answered.
1: Kate, if you want to protect yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun, have the shells of 12-gauge shotgun. And I promise you, as I told my wife, we live in an area that's wooded and somewhat secluded. I said, Jill, if there's ever a problem, just walk out on the balcony here or walk out, put that double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. I promise you, whoever's coming in is not going to, you don't need an AR-15. It's harder to aim, it's harder to use, and in fact, you don't need 30 rounds
0: to protect yourself. Buy a shotgun. Buy a shotgun. Uh, um, I, I don't know where to start with that, Kevin. Um, what? What in God's name was he thinking?
1: Um, how can I put this for your audience? You guys have Jackie Healy Ray. We have Joe Biden. <laughs> this, these things happen. Joe, whenever he gets in public forums... Jonathan, how many times have we talked? About Joe Biden saying something that seems certifiably insane. This is what he does in public forums. But, you know, the other thing, you have to understand where he comes from, Delaware. People think, if you look at the map, you think of Delaware as, um, you know, just the middle America, maybe northeast of America. It really is a kind of a, a old rebel state. When you go through there, the Confederate flag is noticeable. It is a very largely rural state once you get outside the, the capital. Uh, does, every,
0: does everybody and, stand on their porches firing shots in the air, taking out innocent wildlife and in the hope no one comes that's, near them?
1: That's about it. I'm telling you, the other thing people don't realize is that they're one of the biggest uh, NASCAR tracks in America is right there in Dover, Delaware. a 100,000 people, and I bet you a good majority of them have shotguns.
0: Um, this is the guy who went around in the wake of Sandy Hook promoting gun control. Um, So does this just play into how you cannot in America have a debate about gun control without discussing the fact that you need to keep some kind of gun, just the right kind of gun?
1: In fairness to Joe, I would think that's exactly where the debate is going. Because there is no way, Jonathan, that guns will be prohibited in this country. And I think when Europeans insist that it should happen, that's fine, but it won't happen in America. It's a completely different culture we're talking about. So, yes, we're really talking about the difference between a shotgun and an AK-47. You, it, the, the the latter can murder many, many people in a very short period of time. The former cannot. And so that's where this debate is going. And to be honest, if you strip away, I, I agree that when you listen to it, and I wondered what a, a, a family from Sandy Hook thought, listening to the vice president talk like that, But if you strip away the sort of crazy Joe Biden story, that's really where the political debate is going. This this debate is not about outlawing guns. It's about Mm -hmm. outlawing certain types of guns.